Welcome to Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up with courage and faith like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who faced trials head on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Healthy assertiveness. What does that look like for today's woman following Jesus Christ? What is healthy assertiveness versus aggression and how are they different? Well, we're going to talk about that today. On Arise, Esther, my guest today is a trauma-informed therapist, a life coach, faith and mental health services counseling, and she specializes in marriage and family systems. She continued her professional development and received her board certification as an advanced Christian life coach from AACC, certified aroma freedom therapy. I got to ask her about that. Her latest book, Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You, and her podcast, Today's Heartlift. Would you please welcome to Arise Esther today, my guest, Janelle Rarden. Hey, Janelle, how are you? Hey, Dawn. So good to see your beautiful, shining face. You are a radiant star. (laughs) And as you are too. So great. We've been trying to do this for a while. So it's wonderful to connect with you and to be able to share with our listening audience. Welcome to Arise, Esther. And tell us a little bit about you, Janelle, and tell us a little bit about your new book. Well, my newest book came out last January during the pandemic, of course, as so many of ours did. It's Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You. And I wrote that book for myself, of course, of course, on my journey. And uh, then I decided and thought, man, if I could put these nine emotional, mental, spiritual, relational tools in the hands of every woman possible. Yes. <laughs> the world in which we live, the family systems, our communities, our churches would be all the better. And so I really, that's when I'm pounding the table over um, Mm -hmm. these days. Well, just you're saying that right now, and it makes every woman that's listening want to get a copy of your book right now. We're going to talk about where to get it, but could you just Mm -hmm. give us a quick overview? Maybe a a quick overview is difficult, but the nine emotional or the nine tools for an emotionally healthy you Yes. And I love that title because we need to be emotionally healthy mm. women and people. We do. That's been a, a, a real transformative journey for me. I definitely, I've been walking, following Jesus for gosh, over four decades, which is sincerely hard to believe. Uh, and was a, you know, ardent follower, reader of his word believer, church goer, Bible teacher, all the things. And then after my first book came out, it was a family book. And, um, that at that time we could do conferences and webinars. Um, No webinars were not even the vocabulary, excuse me, conferences in live events, that type of thing. And women would just line up, John line up, line up long lines. And, you know, I can tend to flare to be dramatic, but I am not being dramatic here. And it, young women, older women, women of all ages, 
And this one story after another got harder and harder for me to hear. Mm. And I remember it being so shocking because I thought, wait a minute, these are churched women. These are followers of Jesus. These aren't, you know, I, I had been in the, you know, I don't like to divide secular and spiritual, but of course I had been in the pageant world, the competition world. I'd been in a world where not everyone was a follower of Jesus. And yet I was hearing the same thematic, emotional, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. We're talking 2007. Okay. So 15 years ago, mental and emotional health was really not on the table. It's just not something that we talked a lot about. Yeah. And I just want to mm-hmm. touch base on that distinction yeah. that you're making, because when we come to Christ, we are delivered from the power of sin in our life, but it doesn't necessarily wipe everything clean in our brain. We still have emotional strongholds and patterns of flesh and wounds, right? We do. And Paul writes about it insistently. He's always saying, put off, put on, renew your mind. I mean, he was a trauma informed apostle in my common, my vernacular of today, Absolutely, you know, I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. I totally believe Jesus, you know, uh, heal when he healed people, he healed them mentally, spiritually, relationally, emotionally. We're just bringing it it to the forefront. And even at 2007, uh, the, the trauma informed aspect trauma was not understood. That's only about two decades old. Right. But after that, and all those encounters for me, the cries of those women, the tears of those women, I mean, the the groaning of those women would not leave my inner ear. So it led me back when all my little kiddos went off to college to go back. Uh, in fact, when I dropped my last child off at college, I went over to admissions and uh, began my master's in counseling, marriage and family therapy. And so everything changed for me because I just didn't have the equipment. I didn't have the training to, to help someone holistically, mm-hmm. you know, mind, body, spirit. Yes. And so, so I burden, but you need, I had this. such a burden. I mean, I know my own story. I needed it. Mm-hmm. And I trusted Jesus with all my heart to heal me, mind, body, spirit. But when you understand the affects of what's left from perhaps a child of origin, family of origin in which you have not had, have been given what you've been needed, what you needed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I just, I had to get equipped, Mm -hmm. had to, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Well, that was the the call of God on your life was was being awakened. And it's kind of like that Macedonian call where he could Mm -hmm. hear he mm-hmm. could hear the cry of the people calling yes. and saying, come this way. So you heard the cry of these women and this theme that was going on was this theme of, was it of sexual brokenness and abuse and trauma, betrayal, abandonment, just a, a, a big cluster of all of it. What were you hearing? All the above. Yeah. But I think what I was really hearing now, because hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. What I was truly hearing and 
remember, it wasn't on the table. It wasn't in conversations. We did not have podcasts. We did not have social media. We were back in the dark ages, right? So they're coming to share to me that they felt they were invisible. Women didn't have a voice. They didn't have a say. They, because because a common a common ground in all of the things you just mentioned is a lack of personal agency. Yes. That's what we would say yes. in the world of counseling or trauma counseling, coaching, whatever. We would say a lack of agency mm-hmm. that I matter. I have value, worth, and dignity. I am seen. I am heard. I am known. I am loved. I belong, I'm safe, I'm secure. I can think for myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I can speak for myself. Yes. And I can act for myself. Now, that's still when I say that to some, well, I will really want to say most women who are have been raised in the church feel that way. Now, that doesn't mean they're not existing outside the church because they do but I'm just focused on the faith-based community because that's where I move and have my being. Yes. But I think they felt a lack or now that I know what I was seeing, I was seeing a lack of personal agency. That's so true. And I've been in ministry for many years as well in similar Mm -hmm. circles, hearing the trauma and you're right. It is the Hagar syndrome, if you will. I, yeah. Oh, I love that. Is that a thing? I just made it up, but it feels you like I did thing. just make that up. Yeah, but that is a, that is a thing. That is a thing oh. she, for those that are listening. She, she finally declared you are the God who sees me. Yes. Elroy. Yes. Elroy. I feel invisible. I feel I've been abused and mistreated. And I don't know if I have a right to acknowledge that this was unfair treatment to me. That's and right. I know as a survivor myself growing up, it, look, it took a long time for me to recognize that, um, you know, I had had my voice stolen. And so it was easy for me to get back in traditional roles in That's church and ministry, even as a lead pastor to submit or succumb or to shrink in the power, like, like, like I call it kowtowing. It was to every it's man, like yes. every strong voice. And God forbid that I, I would have an opinion, but I beat myself up for a long time because I am a strong temperament. I do have thoughts. Mm -hmm. I do have creativity. Your presence. I, so, you know, it was like the healing of, Mm. of my life came when I found the brave heartedness to own my voice. How did that come out for you? Like, how did you find that? Like a big initiative of Stronger Every Day is to find your voice. I give five keys to do that. You know, how do, how did you find your voice, Dawn? How did, what did that look like? Is this where the, is this where the guest interviews the, uh-huh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would love to share that. And then I want to hear what your five keys are. Um, I really well, want to know. And I think that it's, really important for the listener because you're our leader here. And And I love what you asked me. I love that you asked me that I feel seen right now. Thank you. You are seen. Um, You're very seen. 
But, you know, I think it was really just growing initially in my identity in Christ, finding out who Mm -hmm. I am, and then confronted with a choice to believe by faith that I am who he says I am. Right. So I'm going to take you one step further. Okay. May have interrupted. Take me there. I've interrupted. Forgive me if I did. Someone who's listening is going, I hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. I need to find my identity in Christ. Right. I need to be secure in Christ. Right. Feels what? Cliche. Well, it's not cliche, but it can be cliche, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's so not cliche to me because I know the power you know the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, I just got chills. Like, oh my goodness. So what? What, I mean, it's, this is hard to answer because I've been asked this so many times. Like, so what are the brass tacks of that? What are the nuts and bolts and that? I'm like, oh, 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 oh. But I wonder if there's just one first step, one action step that perhaps you took in that finding yes. of your voice. Well, I can tell you, I found all of the I am, I created a list of the I am statements. Yes. I am perf- perfect. I love that. And I would put a scripture with it. I am mm-hmm. accepted in Christ or in That's the where I started. That's where I started. How about that? Yeah. Like 35 years ago. Right. I and am accepted in the beloved. Yes. And I had no okay. idea what that meant. And <laughs> me either. Like what's the beloved what does that mean? Like in community? I'm accepted in the community of faith. I, I, so yes, I made that list of, and I would, I searched the scriptures mm-hmm. and I found everywhere there was an, I am statement. I love that. And then I, I turned them into affirmations and I spoke them and I'll tell you what I spoke them to myself in the mirror. I made eye contact with me. There you go. I have a mirror over here and it has see the good, a little banner I found in target for three bucks. See, we knew we were connected, right? Or so I I stand in front of it. I go, yeah. (laughs) And I did write a book on it as well. Uh, It's called the 30, uh, the freedom challenge, 60 days. Uh, but so good, but that is it. It it really is um, capturing the essence, and then the, and then what happens is when you speak those affirmations mm-hmm. out loud. At least for me, there would be some dissonance, mm-hmm. and it was confronting the lie. Yes, that I believe if I was speaking the truth, and your brain knows that there's uh, oh yeah incongruency there. So it was like. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that to be true. So then I would explore, well, why not? Where's that lie? And then we would dismantle that lie. That's, that's trauma-informed therapy you're doing you know, through the word of God. I mean, that's yes. it though. Yes. Like I now understand the psychological or the interpersonal neurology part of it, but it's just the memory complex, right? Right. And our brain, mm-hmm. well, when our, the memory complex, when, when our brain here's something that it doesn't believe. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I am so grateful as a young 20 something, when I started my journey, I'm accepted in the beloved. I don't know how many decades ago that was for you. You're not that old. Um, but twenties, I'm really thankful that I just went ahead and did it anyway, even though I didn't understand, you know, And I just sat with it like you, well, why, why am I feeling like I'm not accepted? Well, because this and this and this and this, now that I have more equipment and training tools, I understand it's the memory complex. You have these four parts of your memories. Every memory has 
something attached to it, every memory. It's either healthy or unhealthy. It's the way I like to describe it. Mm-hmm. It can be described negative or positive. Mm-hmm. So if a memory has a positive attached to it, right? That's a good memory. That's a good memory. And that's like smelling cookies and it reminds you of your grandma. Or if I see a, a, a woman who has on colorful shoes with uh, jewels on them, it reminds me of Miss Maines, my fifth grade teacher who I adored with all of my heart. And I go, oh, Miss Maines, she was so ahead of the times and she loved me and she saw me. Mm. Okay. But if a, if a memory has a negative trigger attached or negative emotion attached to it, then we're triggered in a negative way. It's a mental stimulus. And we go, oh, you know, mm-hmm. right. and we really don't know why, because that's happening in our subconscious, particularly if something happened in our childhood that we've don't want to remember, you know, there was a, a, a two sayings, actually don't poke the bear. Don't wake the tiger pre trauma information. Mm-hmm. But now we have certain modalities that can help us process that. So your memory complex, you have something negative attached to it, a negative emotion. Mm-hmm. Your brain is going to have an immediate negative thought. And it's usually in my world, a shaming, oppressive thought. Like how in the world can I be accepted when I've only been rejected? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then we have to take that thought. We have to go, how does that make me feel? Feeling would be the third part of that memory complex. How does it make me feel when I hear myself say that? Mm-hmm. And then we get to the emotion. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes me feel sad. Right. Or grieved. Or grieved. Mm-hmm. Lonely. Or lonely, isolated, mm-hmm. reject, you know, pushed aside. So then the work that I would do would to take those four things and I would breathe through them with some strategic essential oils that actually have been formulated to help resolve those negative emotions that are attached to that memory. Mm. And once that happens, they just hop into the hippocampus, a little part of your brain. That's like a filing cabinet. Mm -hmm. They get out of the what amygdala amygdala. They hop out of the amygdala. There's two little almond shapes inside and that's our fight, flight, or freeze or fawn. Mm -hmm. And I've added in my book, I added a flow stage. Because I believe as we consolidate these memories and we do this powerful spiritual work that we can then live in a flow. We don't live out of our amygdala. Our fight, flight, freeze is just for those times when we need to run away from the tiger or the bear. Right. (laughs) Oh, that's such beautiful work. And thank you for doing that. The body of Christ says, thank you for doing that. So is this what your book is about? Do you go into yeah, these five or the five keys to finding five, our voice? Yeah. The five keys to finding our voice. You know, our program is called arise Esther here Ooh, and right. And we brought and we Hagar talk, in today too, though. That was right. Good. And we talk about being a modern day Esther, you know, who yes. said maybe for such a time as this, I'm going to step up and open my mouth. I think yeah. there's a lot of women listening who are going to have an arise Esther moment. This is your time. I hope to- so to find your voice. Tell us what the five keys are. Let's, let's backtrack just a sec. Sure, and let's go, Take us uh, back. It's on page 145 in the book. Uh, the, the tool is tool five and it is speak healing words to your future, which is what you just wow. imaged for us. I love you it. just imaged it. You know, I'm accepted in the beloved. I have no clue what that means. I feel like that doesn't sync with my brain, but I'm going to speak it into my future. Yes. I am going to to say to this mountain, be thou removed, right? Cast into the sea. Yes. I'm going to speak that. 
So I bring the tool of healthy assertiveness into this toolbox because I needed it. I didn't understand it. And when I started to dig in and research for the book and, and study all the lives of the clients that were coming you know, in front of me, I realized that this was a communication skills. Actually, one of the most important communication skills is healthy assertiveness. I added the healthy. It's just actually called assertiveness. And I compare assertiveness with aggression because they're very different. So let me just, if I can, yes, read to you uh, what healthy assertiveness actually looks like according to the Mayo Clinic. It helps when we possess this tool in our lives. It helps control stress and anger and improves our coping skills. And this is the value of knowing and having your voice. That was a great comment that Janelle just made. This is the value of knowing and having your voice. We're going to continue that conversation next week on Arise Esther, so I hope that you'll join in and listen as we complete this conversation on what it means to be assertive and to be a woman who follows Jesus in the 21st century. And modern day Esthers, I'm going to leave you just like I always do. Is this your moment to arise? I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. And hey, if you've not done so yet, why don't you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss another episode. Or you can visit us at ariseester.com. And while you're there, make sure you join the movement. Visit us today to get connected. For more information about me, Dawn Damon, visit dawndamon.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for a free breakthrough strategy session. Until we meet again, keep rising, this is your moment.